0: is placed by God. Sometimes we do not understand why authority is placed the way it is, or we don't understand it, we don't know why, um, you know, political stuff, or, or placement of families, or, or whatnot, but God knows through it all. He sees it all, he knows it all, again, his sovereignty, and so this chapter, um, when I was approaching it was a little intimidating for me, because I didn't want to... <laughs> I really didn't want to teach it. But the Lord showed me through it, like, hey, it's my word. And my word will not return void. My word is powerful, alive, and living, and sharper than any two-edged sword. All of it. So um, even when we don't understand it, we still must read it and obey it. Because it's good. He's good. So we can trust him. Even when we don't get it, we can trust him. Because he's so good. So let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this evening, Lord. I just thank you as we, we sang your praise songs, Lord. You, you are good, Lord. You've conquered, you conquered everything for us. You conquered the grave for us. Things that we couldn't do in ourselves. To, um, we couldn't save ourselves, Lord. We needed you, and you did it for us. And even if there's other things going on in our lives, those things are what can hold us and keep us and protect us to keep going, to keep fighting this race. And Lord, as we open your word right now in, in 1 Corinthians 11, Lord, you knew where Paul was when he was preaching this. You know where Paul was when he was writing about this. And you knew where these people were. And you know where, where we're at. Lord, these people are, are gone. And if we think about it, they're, they're either in heaven or they're not, or they're, they're in hell. These people have moved on. They're, they're not here in these bodies anymore. And so that is an example for us. Lord, help us to, Read your word help us to understand it lord open our eyes to see new things open our eyes to grow And our hearts to be changed I pray that when we leave here, we would not be the same But that we would we would take little nuggets of your truth For ourselves and also to share those with the people we love We love you in Jesus' name. Amen So forgive me i'm a little cold. So if I need tissue forgive me um Okay, so Going back through twelve through ten, when we were in ten, the whole book, you know, summed up was written to the Corinthian church. They were set in that crazy town. Um, It was a big, big city, but there was uh, it was very, very much pagan and very. They were heathens that they were living amongst. But again, we can relate that to our lives here. We um, sometimes get in our little Christian bubbles, and um, but the world around us is perishing, and so. That it was the same for these these, these Christians that were in Corinth um, Paul had raised up and he had started this church and um, he's exhorting them he's counseling them, he's trying to give them understanding he's already taught them but now they keep going back to their old ways and that's kind of like how we can if we don't keep moving forward we go back to our old ways so we have to stay in his word so we know the right way to go and so um Last, the last couple of weeks, you know, we saw the examples of those that were before us, the fathers, um, that they saw God's hand, but they they went away. And so that's, we need to be careful not to do that. Last week we saw the liberties as Christians feeling all free, and it's exciting. We have Jesus, we're free, but then as our freedom and liberty is stumbling our brother, so we need to have brotherly love. And so he goes right into that uh, this week in eleven. One, he says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. So Paul was, he, he was imitating Christ, and he wasn't saying imitate me because I'm cool or I'm good or I'm above. He knew that he was a sinner, that he was only saved by grace. and But... Each of us, you may not feel like you're a leader, but you are a leader. People are looking at you, they're watching you, they're, if you have children, you know that very well, because they imitate what you say, what you do, how you, you put your hands on your hips, they do it. They're imitators. And we all are too, but we need to be careful how we're, our walk is and what we're doing to keep, um, to keep on that straight path. And so really, that's all Paul's saying. It's not a boastful thing. He's just saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And we need to be careful to do the same. We need to to step up to it and be willing to do it instead of going, don't look at me, don't look at me. I don't know what to do. Well, we have his word and we need to, to follow it. Verse two, now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I deliver them to you. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of woman is man and the head of Christ is God. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonors his head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, for that is one and the same as if her head were shaved. For if a woman is not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it is shameful for a woman to be shorn or shaved, let it be covered. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God, but Woman is the glory of man. For man is not from woman, but woman from man. Nor was man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this reason, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is man independent of woman or nor woman independent of man in the Lord. For as woman came from man, even so man also comes from through woman. But all things are from God. "'Judge among yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not even nature itself teach you that a man has long hair? It is it is a dishonor to him. But if a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given to her for a covering. But if anyone seeks to be contentious, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God.' So when we look at it as a whole, it can be a little bit intimidating if we don't know the context. We think, wow, Paul, wow, this isn't very nice the way you're talking about women here. But <laughs> as a woman, um, I grew up in a different way uh, from a single mom who was very independent. we, as women, we were independent. We changed our own spark plugs, and we changed our oil, and um, I grew up a tomboy Um and not looking to men because the men that I had been had always been in my family were abusive and I did not have a godly model as a man not one not my my uh, father nor my brother Um, and so I had a hard time growing up seeing men as godly and um, it's something I've had to learn over the years through Christ taking it back to his word this is what he expects. This is what his design was. This is what his plan was. That was all fallen. That's all broken. That's bad. That's not the way his plan was. But um, since my husband's come to Christ, I've seen, okay, there's a difference. And having other godly men in, in my life um, as friends and even raising us, my oldest is 20 and just seeing, okay, you know, it's still a process I know I'm nowhere where I was when I first uh, came to Christ. I didn't, I was afraid of men basically and um, thought they were all just going to hurt me and and whatnot. But that isn't God's way. And that wasn't what Paul is is displaying here. Paul had a respect for women. He um, talked, you know, with them and of them and Jesus did too. So let's look at these scriptures a little bit more deeply. So. Paul, in verse 2, he says, I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I delivered to them. Paul's a little funny here because he, he was sarcastic um, last chapter a couple times when he was like, you wise men, you know, judge for yourselves. Again, he's saying here that uh, he praises them because they kept the traditions. If he, they had kept the traditions, he wouldn't be talking about this. So he's kind of, his little sense of humor is coming out with that. But he's, he's bothered by that, that they aren't following that tradition. They are um, not doing the things that he had taught them, which for us, we can understand that. If we teach up our, train up our children, we teach them, my homeschool, I do this, and then they do something else. I'm like, I did not teach you that. I taught you this, you know, um, verse 3. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. So Paul here is talking about authority so the head meaning the the headship so in the church in our home the the husband the man of the home is the head so we have you guys know these verses i'm sure some of you may not um but about submitting to our husbands it doesn't mean inferiority it doesn't mean that he's better that's why he got the job to do that we know when when we are in a leadership position it's very humbling because more we have to be servants, really. We need to serve our people, not, you know, Lord over them and an iron fist. And so, um, Paul's talking about just the, the, uh, authority that God placed even before the fall. It wasn't a punishment of, oh, well, Eve gave that fruit to her husband, now you have to submit to him. It was already in place before. And so, you guys know the the order of things, but um, this is this is where paul 's talking about so it 's not saying that every man is over every woman that is not what that 's saying so I know i didn 't understand that at first when I was um, first a, a baby Christian. I remember thinking every man 's over me it 's not like that it 's the headship, the husband, and then in the church there's the pastor and the elders, but not every man in the church is over us, not every um, You know, it's not like, or even out in the workforce or education wise, if you, if a woman wants to be a professor or whatever and that's what God calls her to, she can be in a leadership position. It's not saying that this is just the church and the home. And again, it's not an inferiority or that they're superior or they're, um, they're better than. A lot of men don't even want the position. Um, talking to my husband one time, I, I said, I don't really understand it. You know, he said, well, I don't either. I didn't ask for it. I didn't make it. I didn't plan it. And I, I thought about that. I'm like, that's true. I mean, both sides, you don't really know, but it's God's way. It's God's order. He knows why he did it. He did it this way. And so we are, as women, to submit to our husbands or to submit, submit to the, to, the um, to our pastor, to Tanner, um, you know, and the board. The board is the, the leading elders, basically, of the church. They make the decisions. But we, as women, have responsibility to pray for them. And so don't you know, we have two choices. We can either rebel and and like man has done to God forever, or we can submit knowing that God is the one that created this and ordained it. So we can uh follow Christ's example because like he says, um, the head of Christ is God. So Jesus going to the cross, when he went to it, he said your will be done, not mine, right? I just paraphrased that, but he was saying that your will, Father, I will do this for you. So we see Christ as our example of submission. So it was not an easy road for him. It wasn't an easy task for him. It was, it cost him his life. It cost him even his separation of not being up there with with God the Father to come to earth and not Not that he was away from him in the sense that he felt the Lord, but he was separate. He didn't get that relationship like being face to face with your, your husband or your children. That was, that was different. And Jesus was willing to do that for us. And it was out of obedience. And so that should be our, our understanding of it and be willing to submit. It doesn't mean that your husband's right. We know that, right? There's been times we're like, oh, you're not right. You know, we want to, we want to point it out, but it's not about that. Because it's, it's all falling into the order of the Lord and his plan. Every man, verse 4, every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonors his head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. For that is one and the same as if her head were shaved. So in that culture, head covering was normal. That is what they did. In our culture, we don't do that. So we're not expected to come in here now next week. You come with a veil on your head. You don't have to. We're not in that culture. We're not held to that. That wasn't necessarily what he was talking about. Uh, Forever, this is how it's going to be. But that culture, they did that. And the women that didn't do it were typically prostitutes. So in a sense, it's protection. You're covered. You have this veil over your head. You're one submitting to authority. You're not this rebellious woman. But... Two, you're also protection, you're protected because you're not putting yourself out there like you are a prostitute. You you're trying to get business. Um and so I I look at it too as it's a symbol, but even a woman could typically have her head covered, but she could have a rebellious heart. And that goes for us. We can look the part, but if we have a rebellious heart to the order of, of um authority God's place in our heart or in our lives. And we're rebellious toward it, but we look the part. Oh, I'm doing good. I'm fine. But we—God ha- knows, He sees our heart. We can't fool the Lord, and we can't fill our husbands either. So they can tell when we're not <laughs> when we're not wanting to do something. Um, and then the tradition too: a woman would have her head shaved um, as a sign of punishment, whether she committed adultery, or she was uh, a lesbian, or she was. Um, Or she was a prostitute. There was different reasons why they would shave their head. And I did a little bit more research. I was curious about why the Muslim women cover their head. I was curious what a hijab and a a burqa were and why they did it. Because I always thought, you know, um, they're they're treated as property. Now, it was coming from a woman's point of view, um, a Muslim woman. But she said that they do it out of respect for the the men. They don't want to stumble any man into lust and so obviously it's an extreme form i think in my head my opinion it's extreme they cover the back of their hands all the way to their feet and only their face can show but a couple things through it is they're wanting to be modest and i thought about that with our society and us as women as christian women do we look like the world do we You know, as these women then, in their freedoms, and in Jesus, they, like, took off their head covering. But for us, how do we dress? Because we can relate this to us as far as it's not, you know, being covered up doesn't mean you're married. But being covered up is being respectful and being modest so that we're not stumbling our brother. Um, When I lived at the beach, I remember going into a church uh, I love the church. It was an awesome church, but I remember there were some, um, women ushers and they were in Daisy Dukes. If you guys don't know what that is, booty shorts, that's another name for it. they the styles have changed over the years. We call them Daisy Dukes, but basically their, their rare end is hanging out. And this woman was wearing them and I was very, I was very bothered. I was distracted. I couldn't focus on the message or the, um, the, well, it was during worship when I got seated but my heart was instantly, where are my children? Where are my sons? Are they seeing this? Are they exposed to this? And that's really the heart of it. It's not because, you know, you have to be covered because you're, you know, you're, um, you're not beautiful. The Lord created you that way. But out of consideration for your brethren, we should be covered up. And so I just saw that the tie in with all of that is, to be covered. You don't have to wear a veil. We're not we're not tied to that anymore. This was in this society, in this culture. These women felt liberated. You know, like, oh, I can, you know, dance and take off my my veil. But in a sense, they were drawing attention in the wrong way. And so we need to be careful. We're not drawing attention in the wrong way. And the world doesn't know. the The women of the world that don't know Christ, they don't know maybe how to dress. It's the styles. But as women in the Lord, we should know. So... That's my uh, five cents on that. <laughs> um, I know, too, as we, we read that, just having an understanding, too, of where the Lord, where Jesus, I think about when he met the woman at the well. Um, I think it's in John 5. But he met the woman at the well, and, and his disciples and even the woman were, were um, set back of, why, you know, you're talking to me, I'm a woman, I'm a Samaritan woman, and you're talking to me. And so there was a couple things what we see with that, but Jesus didn't think anything of it, because he doesn't see this huge difference. We're, we're equal in the sense, in the eyes of the Lord. We have different roles. That's the difference. We have different roles. I will never be a man, and we will always be women. You can't change it. With surgery, without surgery, it doesn't matter. You will always be a woman. But the Lord loves us equally. And so um, having an understanding with this is Paul, too, he, he loved the women. He wasn't saying, you need to go cover yourself because you're inferior, you're property, you're any of that. That's not at all where Paul was. And so we see many accounts of um, the Lord using women, even in the church. Um, one of my favorite parts or stories is um, is Priscilla. Priscilla and her husband, uh, Aquila, had like a ministry team, and they, they taught Apollos, they opened the word and helped him understand. No one said, sit down, you can't, you can't do that, you're a woman. Nobody did that because it, that's not the way it is. That's not, um, that's not how Jesus is or how these other men were. And then we see other women that came along with Jesus in Luke 8. We saw Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Susanna. They're all mentioned. These women followed, and he had females following him as disciples. So don't ever feel like, you know, the world may say things or or be on the opposite, liberal, you know, be liberated. I hate that word, but I think about Jesus just showing that he loved the women, that they were a part that they were to learn his word and they were to be right there with it. No, they're not to be a pastor over a church. Uh, maybe they have a heart for the the ministry. And so something like this women's ministry or the children's ministry, but not to be head over a congregation. And the reality is that's good because our role is different. If we were trying to do that, we couldn't do our role. And then the men couldn't do their role because it's just this cattywampus um, backward thing is just not natural too. When we when we see it, we usually get that check in our spirit. There's something wrong here. Um, yeah. So verses. Let's see verse seven. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God. But woman is the glory of man. For man is not from woman, but woman from man. So we look at the, we got to go back to context. We got to look at what is he talking about? Like God doesn't glory in women, just men. That's not what he's saying. God in, in Genesis, remember he made Adam first and he he um, created them from the dust. And then why did he make Eve? He made Eve because Adam was incomplete. He needed a helper. So he took uh, from his side, and I always love that, that one saying that um, she was taken from his side so that she'd be by his side, not under his feet that he would be walking on her or above his head that she would rule over him, but by his side as a team. And that's really the point of Christian marriage is to be a team. But, and that's what he's talking about here is that, no, the man was made first and then Eve, but They are both created in God's image. And he says that in in Genesis, that they're both created in his image. And we have a purpose why we were made. We get to help the husband. Sometimes they don't want our help, but (laughs) we have to remind them, I'm your helper, comparable to you. Um, (laughs) Um... and, and what do you, if you're single, how does this relate to you? So I was talking to, um, a bright young woman on a walk the other day and she's like, well, how, how can I relate these scriptures to me if I'm not married? Well, what do you do if you're not married and you're not a helper? You're with the Lord. You get to serve the Lord even more in a sense because your focus can be more on the Lord. Paul talked about that. If you're not, uh, married, <laughs> then you have more time not that it's a sin to get married it's not it's not a bad thing it's a good thing but you're able to to serve the lord more so don't feel like if you're a single woman you're never going to um you don't have a purpose god knows why you're why you're single maybe you're supposed to be a missionary somewhere um so 10 for this reason the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels so we women should be under that authority we should just we're not doing it anymore with a veil but with our heart we should be willing to submit and maybe maybe you guys all maybe have a little check in your spare maybe you have a struggle with submitting to some kind of authority because there is always going to be authority over us um even my husband doesn't like necessarily his authority over him in his workforce sometimes maybe he can struggle with that but he knows he has to submit we all have to submit to some authority the president um police officers we have to submit if there if we're getting a ticket we're getting a ticket you got to submit to the the law the t- the uh speed limit you got to do it but as women we are called to do that and so As addressing all you women I know you guys get this it's not I'm not trying to um, Overstep it, but have an understanding and he says because of the angels So the reality is when when we come together and we have worship and we're praising the lord and even Reading his word is is a form of worship. The angels are here Which is pretty cool to think about like heavenly presence. I wish we could see the heavenly realm but For now, we don't get to. (laughs) I think we'd be blown away and we wouldn't be able to handle it. But they're watching. And so they would probably be upset. If seeing these women there in Corinth throwing off, you know, (laughs) feeling all liberated and being free without their veil and going around and not sitting underneath the authority, it would probably very much be offensive to the angels that were watching. 11, nevertheless, neither is man independent of woman nor woman independent of man in the Lord. For as woman came from man, even so man also comes through woman, but all things are from God. So the reality is these are, this is the truth we already, we know. You can't have one without the other. We compliment one another. And I, I, I know at times I've joked with my family and said, I'm going to Wonder Woman Island because I'm getting away. I'm just gonna be with the women. But we need the men, and they need us. And so don't forget that. There's times I know when when um, maybe we're not getting along with our brethren, have understanding that they are just as much needed as we are just as much needed. And then there's a respect and a love for one another. And I I think about with those um, verses how much Jesus loved his mama, that when he was hanging on the cross, he told John to take his mom and care for her. And uh, my son just got married, so it makes me think of that. But um, the reality is our sons are watching us, and we're an example. And when we submit to the authority, it helps them to be able to submit to authority too because they're going to have workforce and, and whatnot. But it's just beautiful that the reality is that we need each other. Even in the garden, it started out, you know, God God doing this this work separately, but he uses creation uses man and woman to to make more people and um, it's just a beautiful picture thirteen judge among yourselves is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not even nature itself teach you that a man has long hair? it is a dishonor to him so Obviously, our culture is different. We see men, it's not a bad thing if men have long hair. In the Old Testament, we see Samson, um, grow his hair out long and that was, that was a, you know, a purpose for it. And then even Paul at one time, um, he grows his hair out as a vow to the Lord. So it's not that these men were, um, sitting if they had long hair, but it's more, it's just not natural. We see, you know, women naturally have long hair. And so, but it's a covering, like God gave us that. And what a beautiful thing. And sometimes we take it for granted. But if a woman has long hair, it is a glory for her. For her hair is given to her for a covering. But if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. So the glory the glory for her throughout there's a proverb that he, um the lord talks about with the crown of of um the gray is like a crown of glory for the woman that's older and how often we see that as i have a gray hair i gotta color my hair you know but it's a it's a beautiful thing god gave it to us and so often we we look at it um not rightly not with clear vision so in all this We just see that Paul, mostly he's talking to these ladies in this, in this culture. And this is why sometimes we look at these verses and we go, wow, that's so harsh. Like, I don't know if that's how you guys ever felt, but I remember when I first read it, I was like, this is, this is hard. And so if we don't, if we just were to pick apart, we'd go, this isn't a very, um, easy text to understand. And it, and it's still kind of, you know, there's always those areas when you're reading that it just maybe doesn't make full sense. But maybe the third time you read it, it'll make sense. But we as women have a covering. And it's not just authority that they, not in the sense that the men get to tell us what to do and whatnot, but it's a protection as well. And when you look at that, for me, not growing up with that, my my dad was um, had no regard for women and, and treated them with, um, I can't think of the word, um male chauvinistic so men men are rule and women are just kind of um, um, underneath and it's a sad sad thing when men grow up that way and that's how they treat their daughters but that is not our jesus our jesus shows us love and compassion and that he placed authority over us for protection but it's not a bad thing so if we can look at it with different eyes that it's not a bad thing so I'll close with this verse, Romans 13, 1 and 2. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. So know that no matter where you're at, maybe this, this scripture isn't really... Um, you know, you're good with your husband and you're not struggling with that. Or you're good in the church and you don't struggle with that authority. But maybe it's outside. Maybe it's the authority um, at your workplace. Maybe your boss is not the kindest or um, or whatnot. Know that, have an understanding that the Lord places the all authority is given by God. Even when we don't understand it, even when we think, oh, it's not a, he's not a godly president, or, and I'm not naming any names, so I'm not going there, but, um, but just try to see it with different eyes and try to be willing to be moldable and bendable and consider your heart. If you're struggling with somebody that's over you, pray and consider your heart. What is, why are you struggling with it? Is it, you have a problem with God placing that authority? Because I know I've had over the years, um, just different people um where I for me I didn't want to be a leader. I wanted to be the follower and then the the ones that were under me didn't like the way I was I was um leading something. And I know when those people are are pokey or naggy or complaining, it makes it so hard on the leader. It makes each, you know, all of us feel like I can't move forward because this person's nagging or this person's complaining or this person. And so I think about that. I know I'm sure that's why the Lord put me in leadership so I can understand it more in my marriage even, but to have a, a understanding that God places it there and we need to follow it. And it doesn't it doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that it's always the person in authority is right. It's God's always doing something. He's always um, has a work that he's doing in us or in them so Let's pray Heavenly father, we just thank you again for your word and thank you for tonight Lord, thank you for giving us understanding and opening up um, Just understanding under uh, wisdom lord from you to know these words to know what you meant in, in as Paul was writing this. Lord, help us to, to go home and um, consider where we are with our own walk with you. And, and do we submit to you? Do we submit to your authority? Do we submit to your words and your Bible? Do we submit to that authority that's placed over us? Help us to have understanding. And, and may we never forget your love for us. May we never forget that it's all out of love for us that you give us boundaries and authority and lo- and laws. We love you in Jesus's name. Amen.